What I don't respect is this idea of not being told you're not good enough. And the reason why the lesson of being told you're not good enough is very important is because the beauty of life is that in one moment of time, you could be not good enough. And in another moment of time, you could be good enough. I know people who got into singing and they weren't good. They just weren't good. And their parents kept pumping them that they're really good <laughs> and was investing serious money in the career. Yeah. Artificial. Artificial. And I'm just like, Artificial I even another person who was a painter and was painting stuff and I'm looking at the artwork and I'm like, something's off here. And and the parents and they're like no like my parents are die hard like they they want they want to they buy into it they give me the money they tell me work so good and that's false so when you actually have to go and survive in life and make a dollar and you've been told your whole life that you're this like you're amazing at all these things that's 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 false perception, that's false perception. you actually end up getting way more affected and hurt when you're older versus learning to grow and learning to have that resilience and that grit and being okay with being told that it's not that good or you got to work harder or take a shot at it again. You know, I think that's what trains people to be re relentless. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Key and word. so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls, my nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? And we are live. It is the Midday Squares Uncensored Podcast. We talk about family business, entrepreneurship, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Today is a very special show. One, it's... Yours truly, the fucking jacket wearing, sunglass wearing, badass Rolex wearing, toy collector, toy collecting, Jacques Cousteau, aka Jake Carls, aka the Rover, aka the Jigger, aka had your kids, had your wife. He's in the house. He is on fire, and it is his birthday go, go, tomorrow. Go, 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 shorty! It's, it's your birthday. birthday. We're we gonna, gonna party, party like, like it's your birthday. birthday. We're gonna sip a party like it's your birthday. Okay, wait, 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 Jacques. <laughs> We need to know how old are you because I never know 27, how fucking... 27. Turning 27. I You're don't believe it. Oh, I 27? I, yeah. I thought you were 25 still. No, baby. I, I tell myself I'm 25, but I'm turning 27. The numbers switch doesn't mean your your, your youthfulness switches, babe. Okay, You're getting so, old. Okay, relax. It's all mindset, babe. It ain't physicals here. And I, and I don't look that old. You're getting old, Yeah, it, it, You could tell by... So Jacques' hair is going gray if anybody yeah, hasn't... I, I like salt and pepper. So I, did, like, I think you look phenomenal. I'm me not, too. It is so. So shout out Daniel Grease, our lawyer. Uh, sorry, our uh, consigliere, Con confidant, confidant, for basically um, telling us it's enough with the uh, shaming when we speak with uh, people's hair and stuff like that. But the truth is, this is not a shame. This is a you look better than you've ever looked, and you're getting older. Now, the super important thing that I would like to share with the audience is mm. you've been on the planet for 27 fucking years. That's a long fucking time. Yeah. What is the piece that at this point in your life, 
there's going to be so much more wisdom to come. What's the one piece of wisdom that you would like to drop with the audience considering you've been on the planet for 27 years? Okay. I actually have a good answer for this. So the one thing I've noticed this year when I was 26 years old is you can learn so easily. And that's that's such a powerful statement. And I try to preach that to so many different people around me in my corner um, that you have access to so much on the internet and via books. And like I've taken this year to read at least 12 books now. Think about that, 12 books while still owning a company, still playing sports every single day, still working out every single day, still trying to enjoy life. I'm still reading those books. And what I notice about reading books is you actually learn something that you don't know. And it's so easy to do it. But the mo- the hardest part about it is committing. Yes. And if you don't commit, you're not going to get it done. So the lesson is to actually give yourself a chance to commit to something and follow through with it. Wow. And that's the big lesson. I think that is the wisdom distill. I think hidden underneath the mm-hmm. books is the ability to commit to something to allow yourself to grow. Because it feels good. Once you, once you finish a book, forget about what the book is. I don't care what the <laughs> book is. It could be about anything you've accomplished something that you committed to and followed through with that is a success and i think that's the lesson you learn about life um as i've been 27 years as of tomorrow on the planet you can learn anything and do anything you want but you need to commit to it Les. that's it well, you could start anything you want sna- happy birthday jacques from from, from your brother-in-law your sister are you gonna say happy birthday to him Happy birthday, Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> the birthday's tomorrow. So. No, I know, is it tomorrow or is it Monday? Monday. Just, okay. I, thought, I, thought, oh. I, thought, I thought people think the podcast on Sunday. Oh, That's Friday. Man, a, you know but what? Nick, I didn't want to disrupt I this wasn't intro. sure. Listen, yeah. the beauty about the podcast is we do it whenever the fuck we want. I love it. Okay. I love it. I love so, it. Anyways, thank you. No problem. I really, I really appreciate that, Les. Since we're on the subject matter, we might as well do it, right? I, I know it was special, but you've been on the planet how long? Uh, 29 years going on 30. 29 years going on 30. To me, you will always be the 20, like one year old girl that I just, I don't know. I remember on the, on the, on the doorsteps outside of, uh, (laughs) my first company. Okay. What have you learned in your 29 years? And this is wisdom drops now. I've learned that it's important to, it's important to live, to, to not get caught up in the noise and to really just not care what people think. So just do you, that's really important. You know, I think a lot of people shy away from that. I think a lot of people are always worried, what's this person gonna think or what are they gonna say or what are they doing versus what I'm doing? And that's a lot of noise and that will prevent you from doing things in life. And I think one of my strengths is just always blocking that out. I grew up growing up in a community that was always putting noise in my ear and convincing me out of things. Or if I did something talking about me, why'd you cut your hair? Or why'd mm. you dye your hair? Putting me down for things that were didn't even matter. Yeah, irrelevant. You know, irrelevant, like why does it matter what color my hair is, even if it's pink today and tomorrow I shave it? What does it matter? It's part of my creative being. Mm. And for a long period, I, I my strengths were just blocking that noise out. And uh, I think that's what got me to where I am today, is just the ability to quiet the noise, do me, and not care. Because if I cared, I wouldn't be here today. Can I add a lesson that I learned the other day? Fucking um, right. In a great conversation with Fucking Leslie. Fucking right. Um, had a little struggle with an issue, um, and I had anger built towards something. I think a lot of people go through this, and this is why I want to share what I learned. And it's not my greatest lesson in life. Like I think the commitment is my greatest, but I think that this is so super. Far. So far. I think you've got to learn every single day. But this is a great lesson I, I, I took in. You have to accept it 
and it changes a lot. So I had expectations for certain people in this world and I was trying to change them when I was trying to have my expectations were high for them and I was trying to change them and not stooping down to the conversation that need to be had. And when I didn't change my ways, I would get angry because it would be they would be technically in quotations, letting me down, not realizing it. Yes, but they weren't realizing it. So I was getting so angry, I was building up frustration. I was mistreating people around me because it frustrated me so much to have these high expectations, whether they're high or not in, in other people's books, they were high in my books for people that I love and I care about. And just to drop that, Leslie said, you have to drop that because you can't change people. People need to change themselves. And I think this is super important because ever since I we had that conversation, I think it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I've completely changed my ways with that group of people and I feel so much better. Like you don't understand, like I don't engage, I don't care if they wanna change, actually I care about them as people, but if yes. they wanna change, they're going to change. If they're not gonna change, you need to accept it because you can control your own mindset and shout out to Ryan Weinstein. Oh, I was just Chaz, about to bring him up. He sends me tweets from people all the time <laughs> and one was the most powerful source you have from, from your superpowers as human is controlling your mind and what you think and what you feel about something. And I said, I thought about it. And I said, it all connects with what's going on in my life. Yep. And anyways, expectations, you can't necessarily change someone. So don't, the don't, don't, don't try it. Yeah, this stirs a lot of uh, thought. Uh, Les, I know you want to say something, so go. But I, No, I, I just wanted to say that you taught me that years ago when Nick and I started dating, um, I was used to be really attached to like my, in, my circle, my close circle. Yeah. And even my mom. And I would get so affected by what people told me because in my opinion, I knew what they needed to do to solve the problems that they were telling me. I, need, know, I, I saw their everything so clearly for them. And because I loved them so much, I invested so much, but that actually made my relationship worse mm -hmm. with them. And I remember Nick telling me one day is like, you like, don't like try to control your other people's lives. Like they're going to do what they're going to do. And like, if you, you can't handle that, then you can't be in that relationship. So like, just be there for them, support them, but don't give your opinion unless it's asked and, and don't try to fix everybody or whatever people are going to learn on their own and people are going to grow on their own and ever since i changed that mindset i i've gotten a lot better i've gotten along a lot better with all my people this you know? is a thesis that i feel like i would be able to write uh in a paper because so ryan weinstein is one of my best friends since nine years old um owns incredible furniture company uh just a great thinker and we have deep conversations on this and it's evolved, right? Like we've been, we've been picking at this subject matter for, for like a couple of years now. And I think one of the main areas that we're at with this subject matter is uh, in life, lower your expectations for everything, everything. Just, just actually try to have no expectations. Right. So Ryan uh, has come to the point where his philosophies have no expectations. Um, that is true for life. And you living harmoniously in your families, your friends, all that jazz. I believe that to be true because that dynamic is a dynamic that is not um, the same as, as you trying to create a team. But when you enter an arena of business where you're trying to build a company, sports, when you're trying to build a team, you need that changes. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually need to have expectations of people and those people need to have expectations of you then 
you need to be very clear about those expectations and deliver on those expectations. And the beauty about being a team builder or a company builder, I, I look at them as the same thing. They're just same, the same. Po- same, same, is that you get to choose who gets to be on that team or not. And so what you'd really want to do is surround yourself with people when it's your choice that can set clear expectations and deliver on those expectations because there's nothing worse than being let down by someone who's given you a certain level of expectations. Well, it's reality versus expectations, yeah, right? Yeah, what you, what you said it at our dinner, and I think this is super important. We might have even mentioned it on the last podcast. This is, for me, the formula to life. Actually, uh, Ryan and I have been speaking about it a lot because it's hit, it hit a court. I hit the so, moment at yeah, dinner. Yeah, you hit it home. It was a great dinner, you and I smoked them with that shot. So, so, let, so give us that definition. So delivering happiness is equal to reality minus expectation. If your expectation is higher than your reality, you're going to have a negative and a negative is not good. So your reality needs to be higher than your expectation, which will lead to a positive. That positive is what life is. So if you have that positive in life, you're going to be fulfilled, content and happy with what you're doing or where you are in life. And I think people forget that again, when you have those flaming high expectations and your reality gets shot, it leads to my frustration with the the people that I had this this issue with, many people, yeah. and you build your, you use your energy. You use oh, everything. I saw Les go through it a million times. Yeah, and I went through it and I was just depleted, man. I was just fucking depleted, not from our work, oh. from our fucking personal life expectations. I, dude, snaps to that. So on my 31 years on the planet, before we get into other subjects, dun, 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 is that basically uh, get out of your own fucking way. This ties a lot to what Les uh, said, but I, I'm really seeing it more and more with myself and just life in general. I am in so many conversations with artificial constructs that are explained to me. Like, yeah, I, I, we're in the middle, and like, I'll be speaking with someone or myself, and you realize you create all these artificial like walls of why you can or cannot do something. Um, they're they're so fucking whacked, some of them. And so I continue to challenge every single one of you people listening to this show. When you find yourself on the majority, stop and reflect and ask yourself why the fuck. And then number two, get the fuck out of your way. And if you do that for, I would say, if you commit to getting the fuck out of your way for like 12 months, I think you will see crazy results. Let us know if you do it. Yes, please let us know if you do it. We'll hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, hit us up. You know, podcast questions, middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Okay, moving on to our moving. <laughs> what did you what? just say? Moving. Moving. Oh, I'm watching a movie. Les is, Les, oh, I love it so much. Okay, so guys, we are going on our second year. August, what's the exact date? Ooh, I August never, 15th. August no. 15th. I think it's August 15th. August 15th, yes. Shut yeah. the fuck up. You're is that telling, today? No. It is oh, August 15th. No, tomorrow's tomorrow. August 15th, but we just realized Jake's birthday is not actually tomorrow. Jake's I was going to say, oh shit, August 17th. I was going to say, no way that the company's birthday is your birthday, too. No, we did that piñata. I remember when Jake entered the company in August, two years ago, he broke up with his girl. His girlfriend no, broke got, up with him. You got, let's, let's just clear it. We got, yes. I got so canned. canned. It's a big moment in my Jake life. Jake got yes. dumped. Yes. And and I, I'm proud of that, no, by the way. I'm I would just actually, proud of that moment. I know you're proud of that. I would like to break it down even further than that. Jake was told <laughs> he no longer wanted to be part of somebody's life. Yeah. She yeah. said, you are no longer part I of my life. I didn't give the explanation, which is yeah. fine, but <laughs> we'll move on. She said... I had the explanation, though. Yeah. I knew. I you were, you didn't brother. understand. And my brother, Casey, was just so low. He was the opposite of Leslie. So there were two extremes. And Casey was like, you got to bring this. You got to bring no, that. You got to no, drive. No, no, no. And Leslie's like, just cut it. Yeah, yeah. When something's over, 
When yes, something's over, it's time it's to over. it's time to move. Okay. What were you saying on that? So I remember very vividly this time two years ago. Um, Jacques walked into our condo and it was his birthday and, and I knew he was really down and so I I made him jars full of candy and, and a and big condoms. sign. I gave you condoms too? Yes. Yeah, yes, there was. So I, was, I gave I was, you condoms. I gave a you a lot of condoms. <laughs> Safety, I guess. <laughs> extra, extra loot. Yeah. Gave extra loot. I actually <laughs> remember that perfectly. So pretty much, um, I remember setting up that whole thing for your birthday. And it's just like wild that two years later, we're here. We're celebrating our anniversary, guys. And we made it. Yeah. I, I didn't know if we'd make it, but yeah. I'm going to be I, honest. I, I, I have to always be honest about this. I didn't think we'd make it. I just joined for the sake of joining. So it was just, it was keeping me busy at the time. We talk about it with Jim's, James Gavin all the time, our therapist. Um, yeah, I just joined for the sake of joining. He knows. He he made it. He helped me make that decision. He said, it's it's good. I said to him, it's going to kill time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually remember uh, we were early on in therapy. It must have been like a week or two weeks in. And, and things were starting to ramp up at MDS, the condo. And I remember like I, I was lacing into Jake. Oh, my God. Um, because um, he was like going out with his friends and hanging out with his friends and I was we were in this gym session and I'm like you know it, it, we are on this mission to start in this company and I need you 100% and Jim looks at me and then he looks at Jake and he says Jake if you had a contract in front of you that said I am ready to sell my soul give 100% of myself to midday squares would you sign it? And Jake looked at me and looked at Jim and then said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember inside I was you burning. Want to, you want to choke I wanted yeah. to choke you out. Yeah, stop, stop. No, but it's important that you just said that, though, because it relates back to the lesson of wisdom. Because it's if you can't commit, it's the same thing. So I learned my out. lesson from Midday Squares and my life lesson was committing. So oh yeah, I wasn't committed then. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't we, interested in we, you guys. Babe, yeah, we, know. Yeah. we know. I wasn't interested. Who's interested in a chocolate bar? No, no but we we knew that though. It was it, your your relationship with us at the beginning was a Rochambeau. It was a dance. <laughs> it was we have to slowly convince Jake to join the organization. Then once he's anchored and hooked, we have to sink him. Yeah, which is took some it's a time. risk, but that's a risk. Yeah, it way. is a risk. So it is a risk. Like you know the how best. Did, how could you give advice to other entrepreneurs that are going to go through that? So they have a partner that they want to select, but not 100% in the sense of, can you trust that person 100% yet? Because I was flip-flopping then in, in the sense of my life. I was just like going back and forth 100 different things. I didn't care. Uh, I think I could distill it down. It's Yeah. You know, I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give a shot at it. So I think, A, you need to really fucking believe in the person. If you're going to go that route, you're, you're going after it because you're trying to recruit this partner. Mm. Number two is be patient with the person. Be very, very patient with the person. Number three, make your work ethic, you, what you're telling that person, come through on it, and you will automatically make them start to believe in you. Mm, and if that two-way thing happens, the trust starts to form, and then they start to buy into it for real because you're doing what you said you were going to do, right? Like it's promise like, made, promise yeah, kept. promise made, promise kept, and that really creates a special like bond of 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 no matter what. Even if you don't know a person, the second you get in a room with a person, and two people start doing what they say that they're going to do, and it starts happening. There's this incredible trust that's built. Magic. Because, it's yeah, magic. it's magic. And I remember, though, even therapy is a, a big part oh, of yeah. it because I remember private sessions without Jake 
where where Nick and I would go and that's love. Well, it wasn't about you, but then sometimes you would come up, and <laughs> James always defended me. Always, always. But we would say so. He would always say, "You need to accept Jake for who he is. You have him here. You invited him onto this team for a reason." Okay. He is growing into the other things you want, but he is not going to be that today. And today is going to be what you wanted him to be on the team for. And honestly, Jake, you, like we we did speak two weeks ago. I am so proud of you. You have grown like exponentially. Like when when you came into Midday Squares, you were my younger brother. Mm-hmm. You were my immature younger brother. Okay, Lord. that no, but you were you were okay. Mm-hmm. Today, you are my partner. You are my fucking partner, and you are, you have I've never seen somebody grow so quickly the way I've seen you grow. I That's knew hot, it was babe. I knew hot, hot, I knew it was dude. fucking I knew it was fucking on when the books came out. Like when I when you when seeing the book. Oh, when Jake was like when I when he was like I'm gonna just start reading books, and then he just started pounding through a book a week. I was like, wow, yeah, this person's for real. And, I, I and, seen and that, that a long trust time. that we at the beginning we I didn't per se have in the sense where like you were talking about where it's like you know you're bringing someone on and they're half in half out so you're learning but like now I could say a hundred percent trust in this partnership. And I want to say what I what I thought from the other perspective of joining a team. <laughs> Go shoot! I think the most important thing that the other partners in a company have to do is voice the truth. So you guys did voice the truth at the beginning, saying we don't trust you yet. I think being clear, even though it hurts the ego, and it, it, it's it, it's weird to hear that from somebody. I think it's so important because you don't just get everything you want. You know, you have to work for it in the sense that you have to build the trust in them as well. Even if someone's inviting you. You got to prove yourself, and yeah. I think that's super important in anything. Whether you're a founder, whether you're you're someone working for a company, it doesn't make a difference. You come in, you're invited in. You got to give what they expect, but it needs to be clearly defined, like we said before. Yes, hundred percent. If there's no clear definition, yeah. it's both fault. That's what I realized too. Even more for like everybody listening, like honestly, weird conversations are usually the conversations you should be having. Like, yeah, it, do you think they're essential? Yeah, do you, like even on my part or whatever. It's not comfortable sitting down no. and telling somebody that you don't like that you're not going to trust them for a little bit. Like, yeah, I agree. It's not a comfortable conversation, but it's one that sets the expectations. Why don't you give the analogy you gave me? What was it? And from because we look at sports, a lot of us are there to look at sports. Um, Leslie's really been an, uh, a fan of the NHL lately. Have you? Uh, well, we'll get into we'll that. Get into that later. Wow. I want to get into that with her, but no. But more importantly, you, Nick, you and I talk about the sports analogy of um, the AHL. Yeah. So the American Hockey. When I joined. You compared it. The analogy was: you're in the AHL for for, for the for the Hamilton Bulldogs, Laval yes. Rockets, and we're the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. And I I need you to perform, show, build that trust so that we could have you come into the Canadiens and make it your permanent spot. Yeah, stay on the roster. And and that was that when I heard that it clicked because like, hey, fuck, like I get where they're at. Like yeah. I understand where the thought process is. This is why I love sports analogies. You because, do. Yeah. No, because it really sports is this weird thing. Like it's and. For instance, when I grew up, okay, and I and I've I, when you go into an area as a thirteen-year-old, I'm not condoning that. Like, there's this huge movement right now that's going on where you know the participation trophies and medals. And I'm I'm like cool, like great. I respect. Partici- I don't like that. I respect participation, but I'm I'm about to bring it back to what I don't respect is this idea of not being told you're not good enough. And the reason why the lesson of being told you're not good enough is very important is because the beauty of life is that in one moment of time, 
you could be not good enough. And in another moment of time, you could be good enough. Exactly. So this was what was really fucked up. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, this is why sports for me is like it's really cutthroat sports, but it teaches you a lot. So think about it. You're, you're, you're a, a lad, a young lad, and you're going every summer. You start in September. I'm going to use hockey as reference because that's what I played. And you have double A, double B, double C, A, B, C. Six tiers that you as a player could possibly fall into based on skill level. If you're willing enough every year, you start at double A. Two weeks into the camp, 150 13-year-old kids line up, literally line up in a fucking formation to go into a room. And you enter a room and you're told you're good enough or you're not good enough. Think about this. At 13 years old. It's crazy. And then you have to leave that room in in front of everybody and they ask you, are you good enough or not good enough? And you're like, no, I got cut, man. It's crazy. I didn't Wait, even think of that. Oh, I went. I lived this, right? But that happens six times. If you're if you're crazy enough to start a double A, you could be told you're not good enough six times in a single season. So, yeah, but, I w- but but even even acting. Yes. When I went to New York, the program was two years, but not everybody was allowed to come back. Yeah. The first year they accepted after a very extreme like. Um, like application process, they accepted 60 students. The whole school is 60, like the first year is yep. 60 students. The next year, they only accepted 20 of those students. You, 30%. Yeah, so, and, and that was the thing. Even when I used to go to auditions, right? We'd be lined up in a room. We'd be auditioning for a role. And uh, at the end, like, you know, you're there at like 12 years old or 11 years old in front of like four or five people, directors, producers, whatever. And at the end, you know, you're either told if you're good enough or not, and you either get that call or you don't. It's mind blowing this actually. Just You just blew my mind because I went through the hockey process yeah. and I was always anxious and I never really get anxious about other things. This would kill me every time you wait in front of the locker room, <laughs> you go in, the coaches tell you either you're right. In other words, you're good enough or you're not good enough. Yeah. And then if you're resilient, you keep going and you keep going and keep trying to gain that shame. But that shame is a huge life lesson for oh my uncomfortable God. conversations. And not only that, you're right. When you leave that room, you have a lineup of audience who ask you and make it. It's a public it's embarrassing. statement. It's embarrassing. Well, you all walk, the parents are there. The and it's a whole thing. I used to cry. Yeah. No, me too. I've <laughs> cried many times being cut. So here's the thing, though. Yeah, to bring is, it full circle. Yeah, to bring it full circle is you're told you're not good enough, but then you're, you're able. Up. Every 12 months, you get another shot. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty. I love that. That is it's the hot. beauty. So Every twelve, I remember one summer going to my mom and being like, "Mom, I need a personal trainer this summer." I remember I was fourteen years old. She's like, "What?" She, I did, you know, my, my my parents were immigrants from Italy. They this was new to them. This whole hockey sports thing, and uh, and she was just like, "Okay, like, what do you need?" I'm like, "I just I need to get better. I, I can't be cut again this year. It just sucks too much." And I was getting cut a lot at that time, and and I was able to grow and and make it. That learning curve, every every person that hasn't experienced that is unfortunately not experiencing real life. No, I but agree. like a hundred percent. Like at the end of the day, like even I I I watch this happen to a lot of people I know. Like I know people who got into singing, and they weren't good. They just weren't good, and their parents kept pumping them that they're really good <laughs> and was investing serious money in the career. Yeah. Artificial. Artificial. And I'm just like, Artificial I even another person who was a painter and was painting stuff and I'm looking at the artwork and I'm like, something's off here. 
and and the parents and they're like no like my parents are die hard like they they want they want to they buy into it they give me the money they tell me work so good and that's false so when you actually have to go and survive in life and make a dollar and you've been told your whole life that you're this like you're amazing at all these things that's 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 false perception, that's false perception. you actually end up getting way more affected and hurt when you're older versus learning to grow and learning to have that resilience and that grit and being okay with being told that it's not that good or you got to work harder or take a shot at it again. You know, I think that's what trains people to be relentless. So that's where I always get down to the point. And now we'll take it full circle to if you're starting a business or wanting to scale something. Um, If you come from a wealthy family, don't go to your wealthy family for money when you're trying to validate idea because they're never going to give you the straight the straight straight you know what i'm most saying most of the time most, most of the time, time. some yeah. people will some, yeah but some people won't so if you want to increase your 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 results go that if you don't come you still got to go to investors it's the same rochambeau you're either going to be told you're good enough or not good yeah. enough the key here guys before we move on is even when you're told you're not good enough it doesn't mean that you can't be good enough exactly don't Take. exactly take it with a grain of salt just go work harder yeah you know, um, can I hop in about the the NHL? Yeah, what do you, oh, we, we want to talk about the NHL? Yeah, since we're on what hockey you, analogy, what are, you, what are you excited about? So you guys know me; I'm not really into sports. You know, I I'm here and there. You know, <laughs> but um, I I I lately tell me lately <laughs> isn't there a track to that joke? What is it? No, no, babe, lately. I'm an I'm a salmon coming, baby. Guys, there's no music to okay. this. I think he's making things up. <laughs> Solo. Good. Yeah. Um. So pretty much. Like we've been getting DMs, like DMs. I love DMs. Um, that, like, word has it around the NHL bubble, like, the, the NHL bu- bubble, a bubble that people are like freaking for the real bar. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, who's freaking for the real bar? And what, what? Why are people calling it the real bar? So Jake and I were chatting with our investor Brandon, and he's shout like, out, "Yeah, Mark. shout out Brandon. Shout out we Brandon. just had a great call him and I the other day." Harlow he's, Capital. He's a, he's a wild guy. I love that. Yeah, guy. he's great. Feet. He's got an amazing energy, and we were chatting, and he's just like, "Yeah, like people call the concierge at like midnight, and they're like, hey, we need like four real bars to our room, <laughs> like room fourteen oh two and then he's like, "What the fuck is the real bar? Do we even carry something that's called that, that's a real bar?" And the person's like, "Concierge's like, it's midday squares." So we're finding out, and then like some of like um, some of the wives, some of the fucking yeah. wives are hitting us up, and they're like, "Yo, like our husbands are eating your bars. We want them too. Like, what's and, the deal?" And the most wild is the West Coast. For that, this is all East Coast because the, the wives Coast aren't up. allowed in the bubbles, no, right? No, there's no no one's uh, allowed. It's very focused. The play yeah. they've done a very good job. By yeah. the way, the NHL playoffs have done an incredible job in keeping the players safe and the actual hockey at a high level. It's incre- It's it's very fun to watch. We're gonna watch today, but the West Coast. Forget about the players. The commentators got it too. We had oh, a commenta- I just saw the other yeah, sportsman. Yeah, we, we had a commentator reach out to us and say, he's like, dude, somehow these midday squares made into the NHL bubble. I'm freaking over these plant-based snacks. <laughs> and I reached out. I was like, this guy's a legend, man. Like, how did? He, how is it all ending up in different places? Because we have no idea what's going on. You know? I just find it so cool that like, athletes around the world are using our product to fuel up like the other day even like the capitals were ordering right like yeah. it, it's They're very good it, it's so cool to know that we're fueling um the nhl players and like we're actually going to be launching an athletes program on our website not just we're, for professionals yeah, no that's what i'm about to get to yeah. no but about it, like we get a lot of requests like a uh, mom's nine-year-old son who's playing volleyball or a mom's 12 year old a girl who's playing hockey and she's like i want to be part of this athlete 
program. So like we want to promote that it doesn't matter what stage you are as an athlete. You don't have to be famous or not, but we're going to put together this program. It's an affiliate program to fuel you because some of the people at the top which I can't even believe that that's happening. Are it's eating wild. our bars? And it's I have really cool. So, I have so much on our res- two-year anniversary. I have so much respect for athletes. That I just want to be part of the journey of any athlete's life. Oh, so I, lo- I love the stories of athletes. I, Forget I, about professionals. Yeah. Like young kids. When I watch, when I watch someone go play like a sport, like it, there's so much. You guys so were athletes. Yeah, yeah, we still are. I, okay, guys, hello. Okay, now let's clarify this right <laughs> now. Can I just clarify? This? He is no longer playing sports. Okay? Correct. Nick Correct. is no longer, and he won't play sports. I act. I've asked him to play hockey. He won't. But could we? Could we just? Could, yeah, could uh, you give well, me that I'm playing a sport? I'm just playing a non-athletic sport right now. What are you playing? Midday squares. Yeah, Same. Yeah, okay, fair, fine. You guys are both playing sports in that <laughs> But but I play. I just want to clarify this for everyone. I play spike ball. I play basketball now. I play hockey, hockey ball roller hockey. hockey, ball hockey. Excuse me. The guy's a sports fucking machine. But I only play at like 536 every day. But that being said, it's very healthy for your mindset too. And you get that competitive edge that's outside of the business world, which is something also special. Oh, fuck. You know, it's like, what do you go? I don't even know how you do it. I barely have energy for anything. Going back to the two year anniversary. I fuck. wanted to say something. Yeah, on that. shoot. When we started, guys. I remember in the condo, we had, so we were in there, the three of us, and we're like, what's our North Star? What do we want to achieve in the next year? And and what is something that is a dream, but still potentially achievable? And I remember Nick putting on the whiteboard $250,000 run rate. No, booked revenue. Booked revenue, sorry. $250,000 booked revenue was our North Star. And I looked at him, and I looked at Jake, and I'm like, that's really like that's a lot of money yeah like for three dollars i think at the time we were selling 347 or something 345 25 cents 25 cents well we were doing the sample program yes but but i was like how are we gonna sell that many bars three two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of bars at three dollars a bar in the next year nobody even knows about us like we don't even exist yet and we ended our our first fiscal year uh, I don't know what a hundred. It was it seven hundred. No, but how much percentage higher than what we expected? Three hundred percent. A lot. Well, no. Think about it. We want to do just to give you an example. In our first first twelve months, we want to do uh, two hundred fifty thousand, and we ended up doing close to a million. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's that that's the power of being all in and committed. That really is the power of being all in and committed. Yeah. I don't think anybody could do that without being like all in committed. You, you know where it really finds me all in and committed from the beginning of the, let's talk about two year anniversary because that's the topic is, is when we started guys, it was in a fucking condo. Like guys, just, just let's, let's go back in time for a second. No, no, seriously. The beauty of us three, when we started, we were weighing out product in your condo. It smelled like cocoa every single day through dis- the hallways. It was dis- 6 a.m. We would start in your condo. It was disgusting. We, we would leave together and go deliver the products because we couldn't afford to use shipping at that time. And we wanted to go meet our customers. Guys, <laughs> this is crazy. This is a moment to appreciate right now that we have built a structure and it's still building every single day for the next hundred years, hopefully. Um, that we're building this structure that has turned into a team of 30 people, 27 people, whatever it is. And... We are now shipping across Canada. We are in retail stores across the US. Canada, into the U.S. We have built an amazing group of people coming together with one common goal of building the next MDS. Yeah. I don't like to say the Nike of chocolate because we are the MDS. And yes. that's, that's all. <laughs> Forget about it. I don't need comparisons right now because a lot of companies use those comparisons. Yes, we're the Tesla of this. We're the, <laughs> we're the Warby Parker. Forget about it. We like to do things differently. We're the rebels of chocolate. Fuck you if you don't like that. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I love you all. 
um, on that no because I do want to say this though um, I was I'll be honest because I was sell- telling Leslie the other day I couldn't do it again that's what I was just about to bring up I couldn't oh, do it forget again about it. Never, no but not. Jake likes to live in the past because <laughs> Jake likes to live because uh, multiple times in my <laughs> therapy session he's like what what about the times oh Islam's here what about the times okay that we used to get hyped up energy in the condo and I'm like at that time we didn't fucking sell to anybody and we have so much energy we needed the artificial we pumps. needed the art now we yeah so anyways I could not go back to the time either um, I don't know how we did it it was it's all a blur to me by the way the last yes. two years I don't even remember don't either I can't Barely. bring my I bring I can bring myself back to like I could puke. powerful moments or like really hardships but. I cannot remember how intense and how crazy it was. I'll tell you that moment last summer, I don't know if you remember, we were in our in-between facility to this facility and we had just launched Almond Crunch and it was so fucked up because we were running production from like 7 a.m. till 1, almost every day. Yeah. We didn't have the machinery or tools that we needed to do it, so we had to do literally everything (laughs) by hand. Um. I could vomit thinking about we like, were sleeping in the office. No, but like I actually get when I go back and I think about that, I get a nauseating feeling in my stomach where I'm like, ugh, ugh, I, ugh, I can't do that again. And so I think a trick for entrepreneurs that I was telling you the other day, I was just speaking to my brother about this. Every time you start a company, I think it's very important you start a company in a, a completely different field because. It's too demotivating you to have. You can't. Because you know what to expect. Yeah, you, you it's can't. Horrible. Unless you're uber rich. Yeah. Like uber rich, you cannot restart in the same thing. Because when you're uber rich, it's a different type of mentality, right? Yeah. When you're struggling to support yourself, like we don't take a salary. We're struggling right now to make a living. To we're, We want this entity to support us, right? It's bleeding. It's bleeding, right? So, so... <laughs> It's bleeding, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, go, go. So what I'm trying to say is like if you're in a different stage in your life where you're not as stressed or you don't need to support yourself, I think you would be able to do it, to be honest. I think it's when you know that you have nothing to fall back on and you need to support yourself or you have responsibilities and you need to pay rent or you need to pay you have kids. Can I be honest? Yeah. I used to, when I used to run cross country, I used to have to do like a, basically a course <laughs> every, yeah. Um, I used to be, anytime I knew the course, it was so depressing because I knew how long yeah. the <laughs> oh, race right. was going to be. I guess it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like Sports anytime analogy. I ran the course for the first time, I would always kill it. Right. And then when I would do the second run, I would be so depressed because I had like a certain marker. I knew like, let's say I was running and I'm like, oh, that red fucking buoy means that i'm still four kilometers out like it was de- it was demoralizing i That's can't explain like me and, and fitness i don't classes. like i don't like knowing the the journey Same. I, I remember i did tough mutter twice and you the did first, tough mutter i did one in Stop. montreal one in toronto and i remember the toronto one i knew exactly what to expect and i was unmotivated <laughs> but the first one i was so jazzed i did it with greece uh-huh. yeah shout out greece for lash the guys were saying lash you don't stop they actually yeah. actually there's lash de even and people from quebec they were giving us such firepower oh yeah they're no, no. fucking they, animals and in I toronto love it. i love toronto too but the, there was just there was less wasn't less the same firepower no, no. there was no there was no one saying <laughs> lash pa lash pa means don't give up and um no 
I was demotivated. And I think that that's, that's a great lesson in life to finish this, actually, this yeah. podcast, because we did a lot of lessons, unfortunately, that we've all learned, which is actually fortunate for hopefully people that take it. Um, that's the whole point of this show. The point of the round table is that we can get here and distill, man. This is the midday squares journey. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It's right. But back to books, knowledge, we're trying to get on here. And if you could just take one little morceau, morceau, French for peace, and take it and do something with it, then that's it. We've done our job. Yeah, and that's what I think. I just think, I know, but I think that's a very powerful lesson. That's what I'm saying. Like It's the, very the, powerful. The, the, and, and I think your recourse has to be different every single time. Like, you're right. I don't think I would redo this again. No, I, I wouldn't do this you, again. You, you I'll throw, tell you, you straight up. We'd all, we'd all probably go to the bathroom right now. Like, you're probably going to go to the bathroom after this. No. no. <laughs> uh, Leslie and Nick, by the way, I need to clarify this. They don't poo in front of each other. It's the weirdest thing. I find that very strange. I poo in front of my girlfriend. She, uh, she, she tries. I, I, I encourage it, and she doesn't want to, but they are very against it. It's the weirdest thing. Here's the thing. I'm uh, going to speak on this subject matter. I think these are good closing thoughts. <laughs> For everybody that's in a relationship out there, you know it. Relationships are hard. They're hard. They're not easy. We're sexual creatures out there. And we, <laughs> yeah, we are. And we, you know, we're attracted to things. And I make the analogy. I don't care who you are, what humans are aroused by. And I'm not just talking sexually aroused. I'm talking aroused in life by uh, new things. They just are. And so relationships are a test of time, um, a commitment to a partnership that should be a greater outcome that's not just sexual and within that piece comes um attraction and for me i'm not trying to say that uh that women don't poo or men don't poo or fart or all these things right that's not <laughs> fart is a nice word yeah yeah fart um that's 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 just unrealistic right like it's unrealistic that being said I just don't, I don't need to smell it. I don't need to be part uh, of it. I like it. Because, yeah, yeah same, no, that's same. fine. It's that's a, fine. It's a I don't, huge I, turn off. Yeah, I just, like, you know, when I'm, like, if if I simulate being in my single life and I'm at a club and I meet someone <laughs> or we're at a restaurant, we're not like, yeah, let's go home and shit. You know, let's <laughs> let's go home and take shits in front of each other and just <laughs> blast ass. You know, like, I'm it's, just, oh, like, really, the, you know really what I'm trying bad. to say? Like, that doesn't happen. So I don't want that to, I don't need that to be rebel. Hey, babe, you want to go home and take a shit together? So, darling, <laughs> darling, are you still attracted to me? Yeah, I very much am. I'm attracted to everything about you. Oh, me too. I, I, I love I, you so I think much. I tell you, I'm actually attracted to your brother, too. I'm attracted to your mother. I'm attracted to your brother. I'm attracted to uh, my sister-in-law, Casey's wife. I'm talking about I'm attracted to Melissa. I'm attracted to. But you should be attracted to everybody. By the way, attraction is a good thing. To Are coach. you attracted to everybody? I'm attracted. No. <laughs> I'm attracted. I'm, not. I'm attracted to to Shirley Carl's uh, Shirley, uh, Wexler. Shirley Wexler, uh, Bubby. But listen, life is to be lived. Everybody, it's enjoyable. Uh, two years has been fucking magical to share with all of you. Magical madness. Magical madness to share with all of you, crew love. Uh, the journey's far from over. So I like to take it back to end it. You started the episode by saying two years in, we made it. And what Les, I believe, meant by that, well, this is my interpretation because I don't feel like we've made it, but we no. did make it two years. Yeah, exactly. Out, out of whatever is going to come. Yeah, out of whatever is going to come. And every fucking year that we make it, I'm is grateful this, for yeah. It's a success. To that, fuck. Let's Holy fucking shit. go. Well, there's just been so many times that we've been ab about to tumble. So. Yeah. I'll throw the towel. Yeah. yeah. Throw the towel. And there's going to be many more times. And crew love, uh, whether or not 
you want to start a company, not start a company, it doesn't really fucking matter. What we're trying to distill on this podcast is go out and live the life you want to live. That's, That's it. it. That's it. And on that note, two years, 24 months. Thank you for the journey. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday Squares Uncensored. That is a wrap. As always, MiddaySquares.com. Podcast questions. We'll see you on the next one. And we love you.